Chuck Brandian, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Size. Is it only half of your headphones working? Yes. You can only hear out of one ear? Yes. Why don't you put on the Elsa headphones? I might. I don't know if I can stand to only hearing from one ear. See, it feels like I've been in the pool and yeah. <laughs> like I've got water in my ear. <laughs> feel like you want to like you want to squish your thumb into your ear I didn't notice it was out. like this till the intro started. It actually threw me off so bad we had to start twice. We had twice. to start over Carl because she I couldn't mucked up the intro. Yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. It's a day after Thanksgiving. And yes. I'm still recuperating from festivities yesterday. Are, are we going to, we can pause if you want to get your head, your. It's all right. I think if I, I think I've found a workaround. I'll just take that ear off. It's the peaches is still monkeying with her headphones <laughs> and it's distracting me now. Because she I didn't won't. take an ear off. I took one headphone <laughs> ear off. One ear, I didn't chop ear off. cup. I'm not that desperate, Carl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I it can't take any, it anymore. <laughs> it wouldn't have made any difference anyway. If you cut your ear off, you'd still be able to hear. Slice. That's true. <laughs> Even after you Van Gogh'd it. Hmm. So uh, it's Thanksgiving, and we we have so many things to be thankful for. One of the things that I'm thankful for, uh, I wrote about it a couple of days ago, is uh, is dead deer on the side of the road. Because every time I pass a deer, I think that's one that somebody else hit. Yeah. Instead of me. Yep. Oh, that reminds me, we haven't updated Carl. Uh, Luke did finally shoot a deer, mm-hmm. a buck. I think it's a eight point. It might have only been seven. I'll have to ask him. He's going to be offended if it was nine. I we, know it's an odd number. <laughs> we have a picture of it. Yeah. So we can count the points, can't we? No, I think the way that the deer's head is t- is laying, you can't see all of the points. The points are uncountable. Yeah. Some of the points are behind his back. It's a bad angle. <laughs> he's got some points over in the other Not bush. all of the points are on the antlers. Some of them are <laughs> on the underside. He's got points everywhere. He's got a couple he's of like antlers. like a porcupine. And he's, then he's got some on his toes. His right. toes are pretty pointy. He's got, so. points, got points all over his body. You can't see them all. Uh, he finally shot a buck. And so our freezer is full of deer meat. And he's... Happy guy. We were making fun of him. I can't remember how many episodes ago, and I can't remember exactly why we were making fun of him. Except we were making fun of him for the picture that he took with the deer. I was. We like laid down next to it. It's like it's like they were stretched out together. Yeah, on the beach. On the the beach. It was disturbing. It was really kind of kind of weird. I've never seen a picture like that before. Right, but last time we brought it up with Carl, I mean, we talked about the fact that he was washing his. His clothes with no scent, yeah, uh, with detergent no scent laundry detergent and all of that, yeah. So, so that's a thing. I think and it was. So the, it might have been on the momcast. Can't yeah. make fun of him anymore because it it paid off. Yeah, it did. It might have been on the momcast that I was complaining about him. So disregard Carl if you haven't actually he, he heard. Was, he was living a virtually scent free life for a number <laughs> of weeks. He has no aroma, no odor coming off of him. Yep. And it worked. He, he it worked. was that deer walked right up to him and said, "How do you do?" And Luke shot him. Yep. With a with an arrow. Yep. I'm bringing Two it arrows. up because one Carl on our Telegram group actually asked Luke for an update. It was it mattered enough that somebody was like, "Hey, 
get anything. And deer season, for those who don't know, deer season when you're using a rifle is only two weeks long. Well, he wasn't using a rifle. Yes, he was. He did not shoot his bow and arrow at the deer. Really? Yes. That's why he posed with the rifle, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why? Yeah. He can shoot with the bow and arrow for like through January. Um, but his ticket now, his deer license basically, only allows him to shoot two more does. They can't nice. be bucks. Can't shoot bucks. Yeah, he's already okay. got his buck, so now he needs to only shoot at doe, and he can have um, two. He can he can have two, and he can use his um, bow and arrow through January. See that changes everything for me. Oh, did I you still, think? I'm still happy he shot it. But yeah, he showed me the picture and the first one was like a grazing leg shot. Yeah. And he said, but then the second one I got him, or yeah, I got him through. Right in the heart. Through the heart. And yep. I was like, wow. And, and I didn't ask him, but I should have. It's like, how do you, how did you notch an arrow and fire that quickly? There's yeah. no way. There's yeah. no way. So it had to be. Yeah. He shot twice, like pretty rapidly. Yeah. Because he was using a rifle. I'm dumb. Anyway, I don't know anything about hunting at all. All I know is what he's told me. So that if that's not enough of an update for the Carls who were asking, I'm very sorry. You'll have to ask the podcast ninja himself when directly. He's, when he's around. Yeah. yeah. I've ex- just exhausted all of my knowledge. And you can also join our comedy click if you haven't yet. And mm-hmm. we, we talk about all this stuff in the podcast or in the uh, comedy click all the time. Yeah. If you're not a member of the click, you should become one. Join our Mary Telegram group. We talk about uh, the proper way to make pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. We were talking about to the purpose of decorations. Cool so it's not even visible. You were talking about the importance of decorations or mm-hmm. whether there's a line between commercialism and like celebrating the birth of our Savior. That's right. kind of a riveting discussion. We talk so, about silly stuff Silas. and then we talk about other stuff that's not silly. Um, what, Silas? It's a good discussion group. You're hungry? He's hungry. For a quesadilla? I was going to make some lasagna. Lasagna's good. Are you Silas? okay with that? No. no, he's not good with that. Well, that's what I'm going to make, but I By have the way, to, that you have to wait. Lasagna, they had a box of frozen lasagnas. It was, I, I don't remember the brand name. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to plug them anyway for free. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, on the box, it said lasagna with meat and sauce. It actually said with meat and sauce, and I thought that was a funny way. Because that's because some of them are cheese lasagnas, Dad. <laughs> They don't have meat. They just have sauce and cheese. Right. But if, but then, but they have sauce. Not, and some of them don't have like red sauce. Did it say meat and red sauce? It said lasagna with meat and sauce. And I thought to myself, oh, so it's not just noodles. Right. It's not just lasagna noodles. They make all kinds of lasagna. Like they make some that are that are like cheese and spinach or they have some that are vegan so they're made with zucchini noodles and yeah, it just I don't even think we're ready to go down this trail. I have to pause for a moment because I have to get Silas a snack. <laughs> okay, get Silas a snack. Okay, we're back. And I just realized my washer was spinning out. Too. Silas is snacked. Is it done now? No, I closed the door. And you, might, but if you can still hear it in the background, that's what it is. It'll be done in a couple minutes. Well, we got our Christmas decorations up too, which is nice. Uh, we went upstairs, brought down all of the decorations, brought down the artificial tree. Uh, I set it up, got some new lights because the lights that I put up there last year, which were working perfectly, don't work at all. Mm-hmm. So we got rid of those, went to get some new lights. Uh, Joe Farkas had a 
fantastic idea. He said, they should just make lights in a net, like a net, and you just throw it over the tree, and boom, it's done. And we thought, that's brilliant. Why haven't they done that? So we got to the place where we bought the lights, and they have not a net, but a single strand of electric uh, wiring, and then it has three strands of light that, that come off of it. And you just wrap the top and the middle and the bottom part of the tree, right? and you're done. Yeah. It, it was fantastic, except... Half the lights didn't work. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was You know, they brilliant. make trees that are pre-lit, and everybody thought that was a brilliant idea mm-hmm. until they realized you have to throw the whole tree out when the lights, when break. The lights break. So that's, right. yeah, it seems like it's similar to me, and I'm more of a fan of just... Stringing lights every year? Yep. Yep. Now, it's easy for me to say because my husband's the one who does it. That's his sole responsibility. He you guys have a ton of lights. You guys have three times as many lights on your tree as we do. Yeah, that's Luke. Luke likes the, first of all, he likes rainbow lights instead of white. And he likes to put a lot of them on. But that's his business is the tree. And then I put up all the wreaths and all the garland and like our giant advent calendar. You guys have two sets of lights, don't you? Don't you have multicolor and white and you alternate? Not in the tree. No, they're all multicolor in the tree. Okay. But we have white ones in the garland that hangs next to the tree in and the that's archway. What you like. Yeah, I like the white ones better. But the kids like rainbow and I'm like, I'm good that I don't have to put it up. So So you're willing it's a good to compromise. compromise. But yeah, I I usually put up our stockings and all the other like knickknacks and things and and uh, Luke takes care of the tree. So Yep. All right. So it's it's festive, Carl, is what we're saying. We literally turned off the Christmas carols uh, so that we could record to this start recording. Yeah. yeah, because it's been it's been festive. That, that's the best word for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, today we had we had a couple of things that uh, Peaches wanted to talk about. Well, one thing that Peaches wanted to talk about. I I had a meme. You had a different thing. I did, but it's kind of they're kind of related. Uh, I th- it was. Here's the thing about comedy: you can always relate everything. We can relate everything. There are ways. Right. If you've ever wondered how do they, how do they meander from one topic to another and make it sound like that was always how they intended to, you know, to combine them? Well, it's because everything is related if you think long enough about it. Everything is related. Everything's <laughs> is. connected. It is. I have actually bragged about that before when people are like, "You're comparing two things that can't be cre- compared." It's like. like a- I can compare a lamp with a potato. That's right. We'll find a way to make it applicable. You know, you can make uh, electricity with a potato. Yes. There you you go. You can actually light up light bulbs with potatoes. I know. And you were a science teacher, and that's kind of a thing that that some science teachers do. Yeah. That's the thing that we do because we can, not because it's necessarily practical. There you go. We did not... We did not come up with that connection prior to just a second ago. I said said the first two nouns that came into my head... And they were related you said by lamp Joe. Potato, and I said, "Yeah." Carl, send us any two words <laughs> <laughs> to next door at johnbrandy.com, and two we words. will and we will find the connection. We'll tell you why they're related. The more obscure, the better. Yes. And we'll, or uh, better yet, tell us why you thought they weren't going to be connected, and then suddenly realized they were. Because you will also come up with connections if you think long. Yeah, when you start thinking about, in fact, when you start picking out two words to send to us, you will automatically start going, "Okay, how are they going to connect?" And these, then you'll do it. These go together. <laughs> yeah, these going to go together. Before I send it to these guys, let me see if I can figure out how they're connected. And you will. And you will. And you'll probably find a different connection than we do too. Mm-hmm. 
So if you give us, if you don't tell us immediately what you thought of and just wait to hear what we thought of, it'll probably be a different thing. And whatever you think of is your beginning to your comedy monologue. It's the beginning of your monologue. And whatever we thought of is our little monologue. That'll be our monologue. That'll be our deal. But send it to us. We'd love to see it. Yep. We would truly love to see it. Uh, we have a culture that's that's not very mentally tough. We talk about this a lot, but it, it's important that we talk about it a lot because there's a lot of people who are not very mentally tough and they're raising children who are also not very mentally tough. And mm-hmm. so the number of mentally weak people in the culture is increasing. Right. Not not decreasing. There's a reason for that. And we've kind of given some of those reasons too in mm-hmm. other episodes, like why it is that people tend to be coming, be becoming weaker mentally rather than stronger. Right. Uh, a number of reasons, but I saw this meme, and uh, as we've we've talked about before, that people people don't read things anymore. People don't think deeply about things and discuss things deeply. They just cobble together their worldview from little snippets, little sentences, and memes and right. pictures and things like this. This one has Keanu Reeves as a picture <laughs> of Keanu Reeves, like half of Keanu Reeves. The rest of him is like in silhouette. I didn't even know that's who it was. I yeah. saw the meme. I didn't recognize Keanu. Yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. Okay. Uh, you know who? You know who has been saying basically everything uh, ever in the history of the United States is Morgan Freeman. Apparently, if you yeah. if you look at if you look online, you will think that every quote that has ever been quoted came from Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Puts his pictures on everything. Well, he narrates a lot of things, so it's possible he said a lot of that stuff, but it wasn't him who first came up with the quote. Right. Well, and uh, nothing against Morgan <laughs> Freeman. I mean, I don't I don't know the guy, but he seems like a decent enough person, but I he just he hasn't said most of the things that you his know, picture is underneath. You know what Morgan Freeman actually did say and mm. he doesn't get quoted very often? He actually said he doesn't want a Black History Month, and he wants people to stop talking about it. No, no, he's never going to get quoted for saying that. <laughs> he said that. I watched him say it with his mouth on a video. People are like, Morgan, we can't quote you for that. Be more like Keanu Reeves. Say yeah. stuff like Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sort of quote that would get attributed to Trump. <laughs> I don't want a Black History Month, and what was the other one? Should, stop, we should talking stop talking about, about it. How, yeah. Well, the interviewer that's, asked That's him. a Morgan Freeman quote that will get ascribed to Donald Trump. I'm pretty sure it was ABC, but it was one of the big ones if it wasn't ABC. And the interviewer says, well, what should we do to tackle racism in this <laughs> country? And he said, it. stop talking about that. it. Yeah. I do remember that. That was Morgan Freeman. So anyway. Yeah. Just stop talking about it. <laughs> Hello? And that is how a quote that's attributed to Keanu Reeves is related to a quote about Black History Month. <laughs> quote about Black, but this quote is not about Black History Month. No, I know. It's not. Uh, so it's this. People will provoke you until they bring out your ugly side. Then play victim when you go there. Mm-hmm. And we uh, have got to stop We've got to stop letting people get away with posting stuff like this without commenting about it. Yeah. Um, Because the fact is that you are responsible for your own ugly side. Right. And your ugly side is not, it is just as much a part of you as your beautiful side, assuming you have a beautiful side. Uh, Some people might not, you know, I'm not necessarily going to assume that everybody has, depending on how often your ugly side comes out. 
Yeah. You, know, you may just be an ugly person. I think it's fair to say everybody at least has a side that's that's less ugly being neutral or yeah. You have you have an ugly side and then like a homely side. <laughs> homely means ugly. <laughs> I would say But it's not a severe. You have a homely you have an ugly side and then a yeah, plain side. Yeah. Yeah, well maybe plain. I was I said neutral. You have a side where you know you're not actively hurting somebody in right. that moment. Right, but, so it's not really ugly, but it's not necessarily beautiful either. Anyway, the problem with people is they're responsible read that stuff, for both sides. They read that stuff and they attribute it to they think about their person they don't like who was mean to them, mm-hmm. or let's just use the word they use. They use the Provoke. person was abusing them. They don't. Well, yes, the other person was abusing. But them. that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is that you see a word like people will provoke you, and and I've had dozens of people come to me and go, "Well, you're." This sounds like a guy who's never had somebody be horrifically abusive to them. And it's like, okay, horrific abuse, in my mind, is not the same as No, these are always being shared by people who identify as having been horrifically abused. They always think, they, they share these memes with each other to encourage each other. You're not that bad. You had no choice. The guy, usually, usually the man who was provoking you was the abuser and he's a narcissist and the only way you could possibly get through to him was if you you know did what you did right so that's where it comes from right but it, i had you know i had a, a one person in particular say you know you've never you've never had anybody you know, abuse you you've never had anybody provoke you and i'm like yeah that's exactly right i'm 56 years old and i have never once been provoked uh by anybody yeah. ever I've never had anybody, right. nobody's ever disagreed but, with me. No one's ever called me a name. Right, but it no is about degrees in this culture. You, as a person who does not identify as having been horrifically abused, you're not allowed to be angry, ever. But a person who does identify as having been horrifically abused, they do They do allow themselves to be angry. They are supposed to get away. They can get away with things that you can't get away with precisely because they're victims. Several people responded and said that it was not only, not only are they allowed to do it, but it's what they they have to do Mm -hmm. for in order to stop the... To survive. Yeah, in order to stop the provocation. And I'm like, this is why we have to talk about it because these people justify all sorts of terrible things right. to innocent people right? because they they claim that somebody else has caused their ugly side to come out, you know, or unleashed that that right. monster within them. And so now, then they hold their hands up and go, hey, it's not my fault. Somebody provoked me. Right. I tried a couple of times with these women. They were both women. I tried a couple of times to help them see from a different perspective. Like I know that you're thinking of yourself as the victim and somebody else as the abuser as always. But imagine that your abuser gets his hands on this meme and says, I was provoked to do it. Abusers have been saying that for years. They always do. Yeah. I, I was watching one of my, one of my uh, guilty pleasures. I was going to say secret. <laughs> but I'm about to tell you what it is, so it's not a secret, Right, is watching the uh, interrogation tapes of these killers that they catch. Right. You know, somebody who murders somebody. And I've they seen those. Take the interrogation tape. I, it's fascinating. Yeah. Because uh, well, it's fascinating for a number of reasons, but to stay on topic, it's fascinating because they almost always will say, 
uh, in essence, the person had it coming for some right. reason or another. They they asked for it, or they they provoked me. They they lied to me. They deceived they me. Disrespected me. They disrespected me. Right. Right. But there's always a justification that they this person got killed because they brought out my ugly side. Right. All I'm trying to do is get people to to think from outside of themselves for two seconds. All I want is for them to imagine they're not the only person on the planet reading stuff on the internet. And how would a sinful person take this meme and abuse it? And and wait, what is it that the Bible says about all of us being sinful? Hey, and we're all sinful. is this still a good quote? If the person you like the least in the world gets a hold of this quote and starts quoting it at you, would you like that? Right. Well, that's such a thing. This is a really hard thing to do, but if you can bring yourself to do it, it will gain, you gain so much wisdom. And that is ask yourself, okay, if everybody did this thing that I'm about to do, or if everybody said. thought the thing that I'm everybody about to think. Everybody said the thing I'm about to if say. everybody yeah. said the thing that I'm about to say. Yeah. Would it still be true? Would it still be true? Would I like this quote with Keanu Reeves' half face on it as much <laughs> if my abusive ex-boyfriend was quoting it? Right. And the answer is no. Right. You wouldn't like it. Somebody brought up Kyle Rittenhouse and said, you know, mm -hmm. oh, his abusers provoked him and he finally attacked them in self-defense. Uh, but, but that's not even, that's not at all what we were talking about, no, though. No, but that's, they always see everything through the lens of oppressor and victim they are always the victims and somebody else is always the oppressor. And so I said, why was there even a riot happening in Kenosha in the first place? Right. It's because the Black Lives Matter people, the allies, been provoked. were claiming they had been provoked. They're right. smashing windows and burning things, yep. burning dumpster fires and things like that yep. because they were pushed to it by all the supposed abuse they had sustained at the hands of the system. Right. You're and thinking they, exactly they like them. They had their ugly side brought out and yeah. it was somebody else's fault. Correct. It was the police's fault. It was the government's fault. The system's fault. The right. uh, institutional rate, whatever. It's they. They right. haven't been. Their ugly side came out, and they were completely justified. Right. In in doing that. Now this is how this is how this ties in with comedy again. In order to be able to do cultural commentary and also write jokes, both things. Both, both things, things we do. Both things require that you see things from. Everybody else's perspective. perspective. You have to be able to examine the thing you're looking at, then turn it over and examine the other side too. Right. If you if you are constantly thinking of your perspective only, you cannot be funny. You won't be funny. You'll be selfish and that's just annoying. Right. Nobody likes to hear a one-sided argument constantly. Right. Um, Nobody they don't wants, like it. <laughs> no, nobody's really interested in your opinion. Right. If, if, if it's just your opinion. The only the only time people are interested in your opinion, and they don't funny. know this, it's just subconscious. <laughs> the only time they're interested in your opinion is when it influences and impacts their opinion. Right. Well, and it's with comedy, the idea is to reveal this other perspective in a surprising way. You want to reveal it in a strategic, you know, quippy, um, punchy way. Right. But cultural commentary is still the same process, just without the, you know, without the punch line or without the desire to necessarily get a gut laugh afterward. Right, right. There's lots of different forms of, there's lots of different results of comedy and not all of them are right. gut level right. laughter. Some but of it is This is important too though. Subtle. 
and we've brought this up again and we have to bring it up over and over again. The only reason that anything is funny, anything on the face of the earth is because there is such thing as truth. There's such thing as goodness and righteousness. And when you notice somebody doing or saying something that's contrary to truth and goodness and righteousness, it's funny. That's funny. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so you bring it up because people say things like the world isn't black and white, or you can't say something like this. Somebody on that thread that you mentioned was like, well, but for the grace of God, we would go there too. And it's like, none of of this is relevant. It's it's bordering on (laughs) relativism, which is like, well, everybody's right. Nobody's wrong. Don't say anything negative. Right. And you can't do that. If you're going to be, if you're going to be helping people see the light, you're helping them see an objective truth. And if you're going to write comedy, you have to be trying to share something that is objectively true. And you do that by showing them what is absurd (laughs) <laughs> about what they are saying. So right, what's absurd is blaming somebody else for your complete lack of control. Right. That's absurd. Well, it's absurd to say I was abused by a narcissist who always had to have his way or else he would blame me for his bad attitude and then to turn around and share a meme that he would have agreed with wholeheartedly. Right. Like right. you've become the thing that you hate. <laughs> That's absurd. This is the sort of meme that my ex-husband would have written. Right, and I said like, that. And I hated his guts. I said, I hear what okay. you're saying about Kyle Rittenhouse and his accusers. I understand. Do you understand that the BLM people would agree with this Keanu meme right. perfectly right. like both would sides agree. would have agreed with that both both sides of the victim mentality would agree would, agree. would lay claim to this this meme as haven't theirs. you noticed how silly it is to keep sharing things that you claim were bad about your ex or that are bad about blm like all the things that they are fighting for and rallying behind are the same philosophies no, no, and sermons you're sharing no peach they don't that's why <laughs> that's why we do this podcast Oh my gosh. Only you and me and Carl know these things. It's and that's bitter why. Bitter irony. That's what they call that. Bitterly ironic. It is. And, but it, this is why, this is why it takes, uh, it takes guts and it takes intestinal fortitude to stand up and look at this because that person is right. We are all there, but for the grace of God go I. And all of us are guilty of a certain amount of hypocrisy and, and uh, stupidity and selfishness and egotism. We're all guilty of that. Right. But the We're all most, guilty of sharing most, memes we wouldn't want our enemy to share. But the most <laughs> healthy among us are the people who say what I just said, which is, I'm also guilty of this. Right. And so the reason I can be critical of it is because I completely understand what you're trying to say. Right. And... It's wrong. Right. It would be. It's not just wrong because you're saying it. It's right. wrong because uh, if I was to say it too, and the reason right. I haven't said it is because I know how wrong it is. Right. You're saying it's okay to be an abuser as long as somebody else abuses you first. Right. And it's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. not right. It's, you're basically saying two wrongs make a right. Right. And, and they don't. We have never. Everything that makes your ex such a horrible person, if in fact he is a horrible person. That is what makes you a horrible person if and when you turn around and do what he did. And do what he did. Yeah. Same and thing. Th- and that's that was what I said in the before I wrote this article, I I commented on another uh group and I said basically that I said if once you once you unleash your ugly side, you create victims. 
you're not a victim yourself. You are actually creating victims. Right. And they they just they lost their minds. They do not like that. Yeah. yeah. They just, oh, I am not, I am not, I am not. still the victim. It's but like, they no, agree that hurt people hurt people. Depends on how. That's been said forever. They, they talk about the cycle of abuse. Yeah, I know, but even that is an excuse for them to abuse. Well, you no, don't no, hurt no. people, hurt people. No, no, no. They don't see it as a, they don't necessarily say, say it meaning they have hurt people. That's not why they say that. They quote it when they're trying to, you know, understand. When they're trying to be magnanimous yes. and understanding of other of, people's yes, of the atrocious, ugly side. Correct. Yeah. When they're like, well, you know, he probably had a hard childhood or she grew up and had, you know, some abuse in her life. And that's sure. why she's just repeating what she learned. Anytime a mass shooter is on trial, right. you know, they'll say oh. things like, well, you know, we understand mental illness or we understand having this really rough home life. And so uh, hurt people hurt people. And we do have some sympathy for those people. Yes. Because... If you don't grow up in the environment that you were fortunate to grow enough to grow up in with a father who is very wise, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Then people, people who don't have those advantages, don't know these things. And some of the things that are internalized that we take for granted as just and thinking that we've always known them. I mean, you have a at some point you're taught wisdom. But if you ha- if you have it for a long time, you get to be my age, and you just feel like you were born with it. I know that's not true, but I can't remember where it all came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't have those things, this is the thing that caused your brother to say to me a few years ago before we started this podcast. He said, "I said something similar to this. Off-handed. You know, it's just yeah. regular, just regular old run of the mill." You just said something like, "You know, you're no better than an abuser when you behave like an abuser does." Yeah, and he was like dad he goes this this has to get out there people need to hear this and i was like what are you talking about he goes this stuff people need to hear this stuff and i think he's right that i i he was the one who kind of got me thinking oh uh this is kind of rare you know to 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 have a a place where where someone (laughs) will tell you like you know you're being just as abusive as the person that you're accusing of abuse yeah there aren't a whole lot of places where you can go and find that. Even right. even professional. Well, but again, they say hurt people hurt people. There's right. a cycle of abuse. Abusers tend to abuse others when they've been abused themselves. They repeat this stuff because they heard a psychiatrist say it once right. or a few times. But then when you point out, well, yeah, that's what you're doing right here. That's when you guys get together in these support groups and start encouraging each other to just unleash the beast <laughs> right. because you were provoked to Bring it. Bring out your ugly side because that, it's their fault. That is perpetuating the abuse right there. That's an right. example of hurt people hurting people, and it's not okay. And then they kind of lose their mind because you've backed them into a corner there. I mean, there's no <laughs> way to argue against that. Even if you hear it from half of Keanu Reeves' face, it's not okay. <laughs> they didn't actually attribute the... Quote to Keanu, did they? It's no, it's but, just his but face. People are back. so dumb. That's yeah. the thing about those Joker memes. You know, I've been I've been right. seeing them, and part of it's because I've been responding to a couple of them, and that's why they keep that's showing up. A huge. That's not a part of it. That's pretty much all of it. Right. If you had a pie chart that was ex- explaining why you keep seeing Joker memes, one hundred percent of it would be filled in. But there's there's a couple <laughs> hundred thousand people that. You know, follow this it's group because I keep commenting on these. I folks. know, I know why it works, but it's just <laughs> it's it's still funny to me to watch, you know, to see the Joker's face behind some sort of quote about how, you know, 
some some people won't love you for who you are unless you become something you're not or something like it's like the joker's giving advice about love no it i just... have to turn off the christmas carols <laughs> <laughs> my son started them again silas is feeling he's feeling uh yuletide happiness gotta crank on the 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 uh, Christmas carols are coming through a video that has a twinkling Christmas tree and a fireplace. It's very nice. I kind of want to climb into the screen and sit in that space. We're but almost done podcasting. It's not real. I'll it's, get you a movie after that. Um, and so... Anyway. So you want to tell your thing about... I, yeah, I want to know how all of this could possibly be related to the pro-life scuttlebutt. You already know how. There's some drama. Because we talked about this. Well, I haven't officially drawn the line yet. I'm sure that it is related, but um, but I don't even know. It's kind of we'll like, talk about hurt people hurt people. Yeah, I guess. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let me so just... Bring Carl up to speed. Let me just change gears and just tell you that um, if you don't follow Abby Johnson from And Then There Were None Ministries then you probably aren't going to care much about the details. But I do still feel like I have to share some of the details for context. This is like, this. she's like the poster girl for pro-life stuff. Right. But she only has like 350,000 followers on Facebook, which mm. is not like insane. Considering she had a movie that was made about her experience. She was a former, one of the former directors of a Planned Parenthood down in Texas. She was actually employee of the year once. Um, and she was, she always considered herself semi-religious, which is interesting, but she just believed, you know, hook, line, and sinker that, um, that women had the right to make their own choices. And there's that, a lot of pro-abortion Christians. Right, right. And that pro-life people were just trying to, uh, they were just nagging and controlling and hateful and, you know, trying to stop you because they only wanted to be. Just trying to provoke you until your ugly side comes out. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but okay, so like a year and a half ago, she teamed up with another pro-life organization. It was a new nonprofit that was just starting up um, by a woman named Jennifer Christie. And she and her husband started pro, no, Love Louder. That was the name of their nonprofit. And basically, Jennifer Christie has been an ASL, uh, American Sign Language interpreter, for a long time. And her, her testimony involves having conceiving a child through violent rape. And so she kind of came onto the scene a couple, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, maybe. Um, it might have even been more than that. But, but she was partnering with Abby Johnson. And um, she was helping, Jennifer Christie was helping Abby interpret a bunch of her videos for the deaf and hearing impaired community um and but she also at the same time was kind of starting on the speaker route the speaker circuit um as a pro-life advocate herself because she had all of these like um memes and quotes and like posts about her son and how he's not just he's he's not this monster he's not cursed because of who his father was she doesn't look at him and see her attacker she sees her son right you know all of this stuff that that's very good and true and encouraging. So actually when um, my sisters-in-law were starting to confront or run into pro-choicers on the internet and they were saying things like, well, what if the baby is, you know, conceived violently? What if it's incest, you know, or right. what Well, if- that's always what the, what the pro-choice people always do. do. They always bring that up. They yeah. always do. What if it's, what if the baby's conceived in rape and that happens? Right. Almost it's not never. very common, but I right. said, Hey, if you do want to hear a pro-life advocate, 
who can give you some talking points for that and who has, you know, been very open about her story, then you can follow Jennifer Christie because right. she's got the son and she talks about him all the time and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I've been following her for, for a, a long little time. while. For a while. Um, but then a week ago, Abby Johnson made a post. Well, first of all, I tried to get... I tried to get Marla, my sister-in-law, to follow Jennifer Christie, and I noticed that her social media she was all down. Find her. I couldn't find her anywhere. She wasn't yeah. on Instagram, not on Twitter, not on Facebook. And I was like, this is weird. I can't find her anywhere. So then fast forward to last week, um, Abby Johnson made a post, and she's like, this is not a post that I want to make, but I just want to put people on notice. There was a time where I was associated with Love Louder and Jennifer and Jeff Christie, but um, we've dissolved that relationship. It's, you know, been about a month now since we had some serious questions have been rising up about this woman's story. And I'm just going to read a little chunk of what Abby wrote. She, so, she says it so well. Well, she ha she's the one making the claims. So um, actually what she says is that most of Jennifer's claims have not been um, confirmed. So she says, a little over a year ago, my organization, Pro Love Ministries, affiliated with another nonprofit called Love Louder. This nonprofit sought to help women who had conceived through sexual assault. It was run by Jennifer Christie and her husband, Jeff Brierly. By taking on the affiliate, I essentially gave my word that this organization was one of integrity and sound structure. Over a month ago, we dissolved this relationship because of serious concerns that have come up regarding Jennifer Christie's story that she's shared publicly. Our concerns have been confirmed by irregular and potentially fraudulent financial activity committed inside the nonprofit by Jennifer. My intention is not to discredit a possible rape survivor. My intention with this post is to let all of you know what I learned and to, be, and to protect the pro-life movement from potential fraud and dishonesty. Um, Jennifer always said she was violently, brutally raped January 10th, 2014. Her story is that it was very uncommonly snowy that day in Wilmington, New North Carolina. Her story is that because of the snowy day, she had a scarf over her head to fight the bitter cold. The scarf blinded her view of someone following her to her hotel room. However, when questions about the story came to light, we looked at the weather that day in Wilmington, North Carolina. On January 10th, there was no snow. In fact, it was a warm day. You might ask why we didn't do something like that sooner. Why didn't we vet the story? Well, if I'm honest, I never thought to. I would have never thought someone wouldn't be forthcoming about something like that. Right. When she was confronted about this inconsistency, Jennifer began to say maybe she'd gotten the date wrong. Okay, maybe. According to the weather report, there was only one day that would have fit that story, January 28th. She's always stated she filed a police report regarding that brutal attack. Police reports are available through a search on the police department's website. We looked up all the reports made in both the city and the county for January 24th through February 1st. Her name was not listed. There was no Jane Doe listed. In fact, no one was listed that matched Jennifer's demographics. When we asked if she'd provide the police report, oh, when asked to provide the police report by her speakers bureau, her publishing agency, and her board on her nonprofit mm -hmm. board, she flat refused, stating she shouldn't have to prove her story to anyone. Ding, 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 ding. She would not provide any further details. In fact, she would not give the name of the hotel where she was attacked or the hospital where she was taken to. Uh -huh. so, so anyway, that, that uh -huh. goes on. And you can go to Abby Johnson's page and read. There's more. Um, but she just says, you know, there's just a bunch of questions. And if it were me and I was making claims and telling my testimony, which she does, she right. travels around sharing her testimony. And if I had the ability to document you know, or prove with documentation what I was saying. I would do it. I would do it. I would be printing off copies by the millions and sending them to everybody. <laughs> That's what she said. Right. So right. Um, I was like, That's sad. 
you know, I'm, I'm a little saddened that there's, very sad. there's question there. Um, and then she goes on, Abby goes on to say that um, Jennifer Christie had some financial issues. She wasn't able to provide documentation for where the money was going. She regularly posted about like physical health issues, like seizures and car accidents and things that she was constantly in the hospital and claiming that it had to do with trauma to her body from the attack, but right. she couldn't prove it with medical records. So, right. um, so I was like, that's sad. And then today <laughs> the love louder social media came back on again, came back up and made a post miraculously that there's no way I could read. Like I can't even, I can't even begin. <laughs> there are so you many. You couldn't read it in its entirety. No, because let me show you. It's in a foreign language. There's. It's it in English? It's in English, and, and it's also it. just, look at this. Yeah, it's it's probably 8,000 words. At least, yeah. One of the one of the ways that you can kind of tell when a mind is, is going in a chaotic bunch yeah. of different directions is rambling right. prose. So if you right. if you needed if you need 8000 words to communicate your idea, you need to think a little longer right. about right. what you're trying to say. Right. And Jennifer Christie did not address directly the Abby Johnson post. Um she went she talked about like people have been commenting about my family, about my kids, they've been mean, they've been right. they've denied she that was, I've been in a car accident. She was outraged that that her uh, stories being questioned. Yeah, well, and it wasn't just that. Like, she tried to tackle probably 20 different comments or criticisms all at the same time and never, ever said anything about the police report. Well, she said that the police report records have been sealed and the only way you could possibly get them is through a court. You have to go through the court to get access to those records again. Mm -hmm. And so I commented and I said, why don't you are you willing to go through the court system to get those police records then? It's, if you're the victim and there's a police record, are you willing, for the sake of the, bu the book you were trying to publish? Right, this is your story. This is, this yeah. is the thing that you, are, that you are proclaiming that's going to bring hope and, and save lives, right? right? You're going to save children's lives with this story. Right, so this was the conversation. She shared a video or like a picture of a very smashed up car and her husband holding a license plate that matches matches that smashed up car because she's more concerned that people know she or somebody near her was in a really big car accident recently right. than proving that she deserved the book deal for this story of this rape. Right, the, the wrecked car doesn't have anything to do with the... Well, it's tangentially related, but yeah, it's not the main crux of the argument. Right. And so, so my response to the main post was she, she went on. Okay. So Jennifer Christie says the pro-life movement has been, she's done with the pro-life movement. They've been, they've shown their true colors. They're, they're uh -huh. awful. They're unsupportive. They're bitter. They're, um, they're emotionally draining her. She's done. She's they've, absolving they've provoked her. or dissolving her nonprofit. And by the way, she said, were the books a mess, the record books? Yes. But we have a CPA who's working on sorting that out right yeah. now. So, so that wasn't untrue. Right. What was said. Right. So I said, the pro-life movement does not have to pay or support speakers whose stories can't be confirmed. I'm deeply sorry this has been so emotionally traumatic. But I'm even more sorry when American women think it's unloving to be asked to prove their claims about rape. Do you remember your attacker's name? Because that was one of the things that was in the post. If not, how do you know he was a repeat offender who was later caught? That's another thing that she had said. Right. Um, I said, just release the police report. Release the name of the hospital where you were taken. 
You don't have to write a novel. You only need to provide the documentation that your publisher was asking for, and then pro-life people will be willing to read and share your story again. Until then, it's not responsible to give a platform to every person who tells a pro-life story, especially if she gets upset when the details don't check out. I'm assuming the comment of mine will be deleted, but I'm taking a screenshot. (laughs) And I'm praying that your CPA is able to sort out those issues with the record books. You don't seem to realize how serious that is. A nonprofit that can't answer financial questions is a big deal, and I hope someday you're able to forgive the pro-life movement for expecting more transparency. Mm -hmm. I have 71 comments under that comment right now. And none of them are supportive. Nope. Every single one of them takes you to task yeah. for daring to question this abused person yes. who's already suffered through so much, and yes. here you are coming along and adding more abuse by even, questioning. Even Jeff and Jennifer Christie's uh, account responded to me. And so, let's see if I can get, I have to go, I have to click view previous replies like 12 <laughs> times in order to get there. Um she says, no, I don't think it's honest to delete comments. And so if you're not abusive, there's no reason to. So there's that. She didn't delete these oh, comments. She and, she and I have we similar have that philosophy. Yeah, I agree. Um, although I don't trust her to be honest when somebody's being abusive <laughs> or not, but that's okay. Right. Um, she says, uh, the details do check out. I was confused about about the date period she's confused about which date okay um you seem to be very confused there was no lack of transparency we never refused to show anyone anything where did you get the idea that we couldn't answer questions the big deal is that baseless accusations and flat-out lies are blasted all over social media and you're breezing by the fact that the face of the pro-life movement is straight up told you telling you she had documents to prove i was lying about things that i can prove to be true and then made a post talking about a vow to god about how she never lies that's some scary business. I don't remember. I don't remember in Abby saying that she has documents she to did. prove. Abby she, says that she can prove the things that she claimed, which is she. But you can't prove a negative. She can't claim she was never given a police report. She she did say she could document whatever claims she was um, making, such as that the um, that they took a trip to Disney World and that you and that their records are a mess and that you can't they can't account for how that money was spent. Right. But you can't prove that she never gave you something. No, right. I know that. But I thought, I didn't remember, she said that, that Abby claimed to have documents that proved that what right. she said was not true. Right. And I, I... But this is this is the part that's that's important. This is a completely different person. Her name's Cassie. And she says, Jennifer doesn't want the people who demand her most intimate and vulnerable information to read and share her story again. That's kind of the point. If you demand a voyeuristic view of her trauma, then you aren't her audience. She's not asking for that. She's simply asking not to be publicly drawn and quartered and labeled a liar when she has provided ample information to support her testimony. <laughs> and she shared with me, the, the Jeff and Jennifer Christie account, shared with me screenshots of an email with her publisher saying they didn't actually want the police report after all. Right. They were pulling her book. They're not going to do the deal with her anymore. Right, because they're tired of... And so I said to the lady... Uh, well, she said, I didn't refuse. They told me that what we had already would be fine, and then it wasn't, and then it was too late or something. And I said, um, your pro-life supporters are the ones who are asking for the documentation now, not your publisher. Are you willing to ask the court to open that record and provide the police report? Are you willing to do that now? Because the publisher may have told you they she didn't. She think she has to. She, yes. did, she's, she is insulted right. that her followers are asking her to 
to well, not verify just her, her story. But others, other pro-lifers, other commenters who are saying she shouldn't have to. Right. Um, and she says, well, one lady says, you say this isn't complicated. She says it to me. Um, but anything involving mental health trauma and communication is inherently complicated. And, um, and somebody else said, I've straight up never heard of a victim having to prove that they were raped outside of a courtroom. And it's like, yeah, if she wants a book deal and she wants to be paid right. by pro-life people, they do. Right. If she's, she's claimed that she's filed a police report, which makes sense. You would file a police report if you were raped. This, this is not this is not complicated, contrary to what they said. There was another comment that I made if somewhere. You're going to be, if, you, if you had something happen to you that was that traumatic, then you would you would absolutely call the police. I asked. And there would be a record. Are you willing to ask the court to open the record and provide that documentation? And she said, and, and well, and she also was responding to another comment I made to another person where I said, it's fine if she wants to live a life of privacy, but then she can't make a living touring telling her story right telling her story if that can't be verified right that can't be verified um and so i said you can't make a non-profit for it and she says jennifer says you can make a non-profit for any reason and too much of my life was public already seriously there's a limit i'm sorry you don't understand it but there is no organization now and i'm out of the movement so it's a moot point now whoever you really are go back to your leader and let her know i won't be causing any trouble and stop emailing me or it will be considered harassment so does that mean that she's ditching the idea of being a uh traveling speaker for the pro-life movement yes or, or is she renouncing the faith now and becoming oh i a... don't know about that <laughs> but yes she's but renouncing that's... her membership as a pro-life speaker yeah she's not a pro-life yeah yeah that's that's tragic but at the same time it's kind of yeah uh, it's kind of funny that it's like this was the thing that was my entire ministry my entire platform but now because you want to see a police report I'm right. just going to abandon well, the whole thing. there are thing. comments down here. And this is Burn the, thing. the whole thing There's down. 70 comments plus. I don't know how many now. Um, all, you know, all taking me to task. I unfollowed the thread, which is what you wanted me to tell Carl. <laughs> That's right. I unfollowed she, the thread. She dive bombs the thread and then she unfollows it. Because so. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to these. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. I've got one woman down here who's like, this, Amanda, this is why I won't tell my parents about my trauma to, that happened to me. 15 years of sexual abuse. Because they're going to sound like I'm you. I'm afraid they'll sound like you. And it's like, are you going to tell them there's a police <laughs> report, but you're not going to provide it for them? I'm afraid that they're going to ask me to verify my story yeah. like you did. It's one and thing I if you say there that. isn't a story, like, or there isn't a report. I don't want to have to prove that I'm telling the truth. But if you're going to say, hey, mom and dad... I've got three different witnesses and four videos because of security cameras that I can prove what I'm telling you is true. And they say, okay, let's see them. Let's see them. And you say, no. I don't have to show them to you. Yeah. Then, yeah. It should be enough just to know that I have them. Your parents probably will sound like me. They'll probably be like, I can't trust you. You are not the kind of person I can trust. And if you throw at me six screenshots of completely irrelevant of, of your wrecked automobile or your stuff. torn dress if or i your... ask you for a police report you said exists and you hand me a smashed up license plate instead <laughs> you have an issue and and again somebody in the comments this is not about jennifer it Christie. reminds me of darby o'gill and the little people which was a <sighs> movie from my childhood where the there's leprechauns peach and a leprechaun comes into the pub and, uh, and and does a little dance, and all the bar patrons are like, there really is a leprechaun, and he does a little dance, he sings a little song, he's delightful. They give him a little, uh, they give him a shot of Irish whiskey, and he polishes it off and everything, and then when it's over, the bartender says, 
the bartender takes a cup and he puts it up on the top shelf that the leprechaun drank out of. And he says, if anyone comes in and doubts the story, there's the cup as proof. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I. <laughs> that's way too much to unpack. Do you see how... You see how this everything is related stuff works. We're already six minutes over our We're time six limit. Minutes over our time and you and just I'm brought up an elephant. Darby O'Gill and the little people. No, it's not it's, an elephant. An elf. It's, That's it's what when people say. point to things uh, as proof of something that aren't proof of that thing. Right. That cup does not prove that there was a leprechaun in the bar. Right. I understand that. Okay. But emotional people don't. And and again, this is not about this particular story, despite how much time I've spent unpacking it. <laughs> Because it's about the fact that there are women down there in that comment section saying things like, well, Amanda, mental health is complicated and, you know, trauma and and victimization, it's complicated. And it's like, no, no, I admit and agree that what's going on inside this woman's mind is very complicated. Chaos, more like. But that does not mean that it's my responsibility to go along with whatever stuff she throws at me. For simplicity's sake. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's, it's complicated up in that mind. It's, compli- it's complicated, but that's not our fault. It's complicated right. because this is a person who cannot stay on the topic, doesn't seem to understand even what's being asked or why it's being right. asked of her. Yep. Um, but that's not our fault. Yep. And people saying things like, she should not have to relive that trauma. It's like she's choosing to when she shares She wants a story. book published. Right. She wants to go on a speaking tour. Right. So, yes, she's going to and voluntarily to say, relive that story. And to say, well, my publisher just said that it was fine what I had, and then apparently it wasn't, and now they're not even going to give me the book deal. And it's like, okay, but we still would like to know the truth, so right. will you give us the records? Of course not. It's a moot point. I'm done with the pro-life community. Now I'm not going to make a living. I'm not going to make a whole bunch of money going out and telling this story, so I'm not even going to bother to yeah. support it it's just it's craziness it's craziness well, it, it's gonna be it it's it's a mark against her integrity that she's going to apparently live the rest of her life with right yep because, rather than prove her rather own, than prove it yeah her innocence right um but yes i just i bring all of this up because i think it's important to recognize just how easy it is for people to be swayed by that kind of it's not reasoning. I want to say reasoning, but it's not. It's, it's emotionalism. It, that, like, when you have a person writing 8,000 words, talking about her children being dragged through the mud, talking about this this trauma she's endured, talking about how it's junior high gossip that people have brought her into, and then they're sharing screenshots. You know, they've got videos they're posting. Look at all the stuff that I'm willing to share with you. Look. Look, look how much I'm living in the spotlight here. I'm, I'm going public with my story. And you guys want more from me? You want to see more than this smashed up license plate? Are you kidding me? And right. it's like, I, I know that that can be really shocking and even convincing. For some people, they're like, yeah, this woman has just been through it all. Yeah, She's been and, through and, it. And shame on me. Shame on me for asking her to, right. to prove this. Shame on me for yep. for expecting her to validate what she's told me. I'm just going to go with it. Yep. I'm just going to believe her because she's obviously distraught. She's right. obviously very emotional. And so, right. and so I'm just going to believe her. I'm just going to go with whatever she says because she's emotional. So maybe that's how it's related. Because now we have a person who's like... I was provoked to this. I was traumatized. I'm a victim. She's being victimized by the people who are just asking her to validate her story. Right. 
that she voluntarily shared in the first place. That she voluntarily None shared. None of in us the first knew place. she existed in the world until she came forward until and said, she decided she Here, was going to be an advocate for pro life. Sit down, let me tell you a thing about my life. And then we said, Really? Because that doesn't seem to add up timeline wise. Like right. if you don't remember what date it happened, but it looks well, like Well, I may have forgot the date. It looks like it was later in January than you said, and then right. you go on a cruise ship two weeks later. How were you finger spelling with sign language with, with broken, broken fingers? fingers? Yeah. Yeah, like all of this stuff. And I know people who get trapped in these lies. This is, I know we're way over, but this is what I want to want to say to Carl. I know people who get caught up in that emotionalism and I do not genuinely, I genuinely don't believe that they're people who are um, malicious or monstrously intent, you know, intending. I think that they, <clears throat> I really do think traumatic stuff has happened to them. And I really do think they live in a world where it's hard for them to know what's up and what's down. Right. I do think they forget dates. I think they forget faces. I think they forget names. But if I forget all that stuff too. Well, I think it's even worse than that though. I think that they actually misremember things. I think that they get that their brains start actually inventing details that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But they become totally convinced of that version of the story to the point that they're now afraid of records they're afraid of screenshots because it's it's going to reveal that they were mistaken because often when they're confronted with the police reports or the security cam footage it's not what they thought it was and they lived it they really did live something horrible but they actually don't remember as clearly as they thought that they did and then when they get asked for those details it reminds them of just how much that comes back to haunt them a lot it's easy to get swept up in the moment too when you're when you are up on the stage and the people are listening to you and you have the microphone in your hand, it's easy to get carried away and, uh, and embellish. Embellish And then once you, especially if it's recorded, then once it's embellished, it has to stay that way. And you can't, you can't back it off. And you can continue to embellish it. We were talking about how there's, there's public figures. See, I thought you were going to bring that up and instead you went with the leprechaun. Public figures that do that. (laughs) Well, that's what I—that's what I thought of. This this conversation is organic, Peach. Before I can't help what of, I think uh, of. Before you thought of that that uh, newscaster, news anchor guy, and I went with you with that. I understood. Brian that. Williams. Brian yes. Williams, who was like, I was in a chopper and we got shot at, and the chopper <laughs> went down, and just like, yeah, none of this happened, Brian. None of this happened. But it's funny. I, we believe something happened. I'm sure something happened. You it's know, it's funny because it's human, and because there is a truth. There is a truth. There is something that did happen, but how far away from that truth you get does impact. It's the, like a fish story. The humor. <laughs> it's like a fish story. You catch a fish and there's no one around and you remember, and it just gets bigger and bigger every yeah. time you tell the story. People can relate with that. Like I would relate to a person who's like, I am so sorry, but I tend to, I tend to forget things, you know? I, I over-exaggerate. Yeah. I would uh, but, understand. Maybe, maybe not even all at once. It's probably gradual. Right. And uh, But at the same time, it's though, understandable. if you want to then make a living telling a story, you better make sure it's the correct one. Well, yeah. And especially if it's if it's something as egregious as what she was describing, there should be a police report. Yes. I would ah. think at the very at the very minimum. I, uh, you know, I hit a deer. I at least had a smashed in fender to right. show for it. Um, but... Right, but Whatever. that's but now you're back to your cup analogy. No. You can't prove that that was a deer. <laughs> oh, 
And once there was a leprechaun dancing on me bar. And if anyone doubts it, here's the cup he drank from. Here's my fender. Here's the cup he drank from. You can find John Branion on MeWe, Gab, and YouTube. Also be part of the show by emailing your questions and comments to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. We've loved having you at our table, neighbor. See you next time and bring some friends with you. 